Hey everybody, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome back to episode 77 of the Stone Cold Sewer podcast, where once again we are brought to you by nobody. For now. For, For now. now. For you now. never know. You never know. Hopefully one day. Yeah. So, uh, I, this is the, the first time that you and I have really talked in person, face-to-face, in the last two weeks, right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So, I know you, you've, you've had a pretty, um, I guess, busy, fun, whatever you want to call it, time. So why don't you go ahead and just, you know, tell us about your trip. Tell us about Russia. I've, I've been wanting to hear about this for a while. I know you got a little sick, but, you know, just try yeah. to cough away from the mic. So, let's see. It also, um, we recorded a while back, and my sister had just graduated college. Right. She's actually running around Europe as we speak right now. I oh, think just she's like been you? on a two-week thing. Yeah, but she's running. She's hitting up a lot more places. Like she did Greece, Italy, Croatia, like all these places. So she's like taking the train around, just kind of backpacking through. And I think she's flying. Oh, I think it's she? just cheaper oh. and faster to fly. Oh, interesting. Okay. But so, like the day after her graduation, I flew out to Russia. Then I met my folks. Not my folks. I met my, I met my friends. So let's just start there. Flight out there, legit. I watched Spotlight. <laughs> I knew you were going to watch movies, dude. I know. No, come on. You, you, know you told me. me. You told me before you went that you were going to have to get some sleep. You're going to make sure you watch like maybe one, two movies tops and then yeah. sleep the rest of the time because yeah. not only are you losing like seven hours, but you had to be up and out the door as soon as you got there because you had, yeah. you know, the whole day planned. So I lied to you. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I straight up lied to you. I did the same thing. I mean, I don't so, lie to you intentionally, but I watch movies on planes when I yeah. I mean, shouldn't. I don't think it's an intentional thing. I think it's just you, you got if you when you see the catalog of movies, you got to be like, oh, I guess I'm doing this now. Yeah. So, on the flight to Russia, I saw Spotlight, which was phenomenal. Spotlight that was the, that one good. Best Picture, right? I think so. I'm not sure, but I, I think it won. I think it won Best. I think it won Best Picture. It should have. And then I saw. This movie Legend, where Tom Hardy plays like these two twin yeah. London gangsters. I basically fell asleep through that. Um, so, really? It wasn't just yeah. not entertaining, or you were just too tired? I think I was too tired, and I didn't, I didn't really like. I wasn't really paying attention to it. I see. Yeah, I didn't. I know it didn't get spectacular reviews, but I don't mm-hmm. think it got bad reviews either. I think it was kind of just okay. Right. And I'm trying to figure out what I, the third movie I watched, but Fu was pretty good. Food was pretty good on the way out there, and uh, and so I landed at around six a.m. And what was funny was when I t- when they when I go through customs, they're looking at my uh, my photo, and when I took this photo back in two thousand nine, I was a fat <laughs> fat dude, and so he's looking at me, looking at the photo, like what? What is who? Say this this can't you. be you. He goes, take off your glasses, and I go, <laughs> <laughs> I go, you really think it's the glasses? Yeah, this could be the reason you why have- you can't. Did you oh, not have glasses on in this picture? No, but I also had like 20 more pounds on my face. <laughs> so I look like the dude that ate me way back. <laughs> but uh, finally made it through customs. It was fine. And then started making my way down to like the main uh, lobby of the airport, trying to head out. And then all of a sudden, all these cab guys, you know, those guys that are like just oh, waiting. Man. I just made like a mistake. Brazil. Just like just Brazil. Just like Brazil. Right? I made a mistake. I made a mistake. So I go, yeah, I need a cab. This one guy sort of 
grabs my luggage and goes, all right, you coming with me. And I go, oh, Jesus. I've, this I is just like up. Rio, dude. This is, this yeah, is seriously. I messed this up. Is so, so I'm, he takes me to his cab, and I, and he, I go, how much is it going to be? Because I'm not getting in this cab. Right. Before. And then he says, well, he takes out this little piece of paper, and he goes, well, listen, you live where you want me to go. You're in the middle of Moscow. So that's going to be 13,500 rubles. And I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, it's going to be 13,500 rubles. You live in the center. And then he called all these other guys, and they're like, oh, yeah, dude, like, dude you live in the center, man. Come on. It's, for, it's going to take forever to get there. And I, I guess it was because I was so tired. And you probably didn't know the, the, the conversion rate, you know, just off I, the top of your head. You haven't been dealing with it yet. I'm sure you, you got some rubles when you, before you went, right? But yeah. You, but even so, like do the math in your head you can't recall what it was you're like was it a hundred or was it ten or was it yeah two you know so so i hand him over the money i just get in the cab pull up my phone and i go 220 dollars <laughs> <laughs> this uh, no. i was like i was like you you crazy the amount of money that I just paid you, Reza, this man should drive me to Brazil. Uh, this man should drive me to Rio. <laughs> I'll wake up in the morning in the back, and I ought to be in Rio. Oh, I was man. so disappointed in myself. So you so you, you texted that story to us, uh, to to Yaron and I, in, in the group chat. Yeah. And I was actually upset about that for like two days. You can ask Lena about it. I, I I brought it up to her a few times. I was really upset about that, and it's not even my money. Yeah, but but I just knew that like I I goofed. I made a big mistake. I made a huge mistake. And it, it was sort of like it a, a, a cast a pall over the first few days. Because, like, I brought all this money, and I thought I was mm-hmm. going to be smart about it. And then, like, the first thing I got to spend my money on, I get I get duped. <laughs> and then I read the email, and, I, and my friend said, yeah, dude, it should only cost you about, like, 40 like, – like, it only costs us, like, $40. So that's, like, 2400 not 13000 Yeah. Like that, he, those are two very different numbers. He spoke English. Yeah. Um. I wonder if, like, did he even have a meter in his car? Is that a possibility out there? I guess just because we're coming from the airport. Right, because New York City, it's just a flat, it's a flat rate, right? Well, no, New York City is not a flat rate. It's a flat rate to the airport. Oh, okay. But on the way back. When you when you're going from the airport to the city, it can be it'll be whatever. I see. Yeah. So, so that was that was tough, but we uh the first day was legit. We uh we saw we went to this big church called Christ the uh Christ of the Annunciation or something like that, and it was this massive church. And what I realized was that most Russians are super religious, Russian Orthodox. Mm, I see. So, they actually share. A lot of things in common with Muslims, where these people, if when they're near these churches and the bells go off at a, you know the at the uh, the hour mark, everyone right, turns right. around, faces the church, they do the the forehead to the heart, and then they do the right shoulder, left shoulder, and then they touch the ground, and they do that three times. Interesting. And I'm talking people everywhere did this. So that's kind of that's kind of interesting. Like so, everyone right? just kind of stops. Yeah. Everybody stops what they're doing. Yeah. What if you don't stop? I think, well, there's a, there, there were a ton of people that didn't stop. Okay. But, yeah. like, all the old men and women definitely stopped. People who were religious definitely stopped. Mm-hmm. Like, it was 
the last time I had seen something like that was in Istanbul. I was going to, so there was, I can't remember which country it was or some European country, maybe like, maybe it was France or maybe it's a specific city where there's, uh, on the anniversary of some like war or major battle, they, they, uh, like a, a, like, I guess bells kind of chime or something happens. Maybe there's an announcement made over the radio and everybody stops. So you literally see the cars on the road, just like pull over to the side of the road and everybody will get off. Oh, the I car. think that was in Israel. It was, uh, you're right. You're right. It's in Israel. Yeah, yeah, I think that was in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. No. Well, not bad, but it, not, wasn't, that but it wasn't like that, yeah, that extreme. Yeah. And then we took the car, and then we sort of drove around. Uh, we got a tour guide. This tour guide was great. Sort of sharing all the sites with us. Showed us the uh, the Kremlin. St. Basil's how, Cathedral. How cool was that? How, how, how cool was the Kremlin? Kremlin's kind of cool. So there's a massive red wall around the outside of it. Okay. And there's a couple of entrance like ways into it. We saw St. Basil's Cathedral. That was really cool. The first time I'd ever seen St. Basil's Cathedral was in Ghost Recon 1. <laughs> yeah. The final mission oh, of man. Ghost Recon 1 takes place in the Red Square. So I've seen that before. That was pretty legit. Um, what was funny about Russian weather was it was beautiful weather. But... There would be these sudden rain showers. Hmm. So all of a sudden, it's like super nice out, and then this rogue cloud comes out of nowhere, and then it's just downpour. <laughs> and then it bounces, and it's like it never even happened. So right before we walked into the Kremlin, that stuff happened. Um, so we were walking around the inside. We saw sort of like where all the czars used to sort of like pray and, and live uh, yeah. and all that stuff. That was legit. And then in the middle of it, all these like – Guys in suits, like security guards, came everywhere and like, y'all need to like relax for a second. And we're like, what? He goes, you can't come this way. You got to walk this other way. And then we found out that Putin's coming. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we saw one of his like, like you know, like Marine One, where Obama rides yeah, the helicopter. Yeah. yeah. We saw one of those coming first and we didn't know if that was the, the real one or the decoy one. So I started snapping photos. I was like, oh shit, like that landing pad's like right over there behind the trees. I can't see it, but that was pretty cool. And then like... 60 seconds later, another one came in, and I was like, hey, we saw Putin in Russia, you know, like, yeah, that's pretty legit. We, uh, we, what else did we do? Oh, we saw this room called, the, I think, the Diamond Room. So, we saw some really, like, rare stones. We saw, like, their old ancient crowns with, like, 50,000 jewels in them. Like, we're talking, like, just... Like two, like uh, what well, uh, the mansion, right? Like Jalen Rose's the mansion. <laughs> Jalen Rose's mansion bracelet. Yeah, but this is like take that and blow it out of the water, you know. About like a hundred or something, right? Uh, yeah. Do you easily. think? Do you think that they could just be replicas? Like they were like, this is too valuable to just sit in a case all day long. Let's just replace this. You no know, one will ever be. know. It might be. Um, who's to say it's not that? You know, it yeah. could very well be a possibility. So the first day. And then, oh, at night, we uh, we ate at this place that was like a molecular gastronomy place. Molecular? What? What is that? So that's like food as a science experiment kind of place. Okay. We heard it was one of the best restaurants, but then we found out when we got there that they changed the name, chef had left. So that was disappointing. <laughs> chef threw everything. He's like, I'm out. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Can't do this. Y'all want me to eat out of Petri dishes? I'm out of this. Yeah. But uh, so it was like a tasting course. First tasting course, they bring out these little, like, jewelry boxes. 
open it up. There's four spoons. They're all pickled things. And they bring out shots of vodka. Each person gets one shot. And they're like, traditional Russian meal. You eat the pickle thing, you take a shot. You, you, you drink a little bit of the vodka. So I'm like, you know, when in Rome, right? Like, I flew all this way. <laughs> Mind you, I landed that morning at 6 a.m. I didn't really get too much sleep. Right. But I'm like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's jump off the deep end. So we all took the shot, started eating the, uh, the pickled vegetables. The food was pretty good. As the meal continues, one of my friends starts nodding off. <laughs> she can't. She's gone. Really? Oh, at yeah. the table. At the dinner table. Dude, at the dinner table, she was like, she was leaning like this, like she was, she was out. I feel like she's like one of those, one of those head nods, you know? Wow. She was gone. Got to the point where one of the waiters came over, threw a shawl over her, and be like, "Cover yourself." <laughs> <laughs> No, wow. it was actually because she was cold, but uh, it was a good play on his part. And she was basically asleep for like the, one of the main courses. Like she, wow. she didn't even wake up. So she didn't eat it friend, at all. No, we we uh, we vultured it off her plate. We ate it for her. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Was she was she upset by that? Like or no? You know? She was like, I can't, uh, guys, I'm dying. She kept yeah. saying, guys, I'm dying. <laughs> so, so so the, that, so what you're saying is Russian vodka is definitely strong. It was, but uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. Like it was, like that, it went down super smooth, so that was mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah, I mean overall it was fine. You know, they don't have. So what I found out was, when I got to the Airbnb, like most apartments don't have AC. Oh. So that that kind of sucks because you know I like sleeping in the cold. I, I mean, there's there's a difference. So I don't I don't necessarily like sleeping in the cold, but I I certainly like sleeping in the not hot, and, and without <laughs> AC, without AC, it's just hot. It's just right. You're sweaty. You're sticky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you, I, and I, it's, woke it's up, like, I woke up. I woke up in the morning, and I had a little bit of sweat on me, and yeah. I was like, I feel dirty. Yeah, so dirty. gotta jump in the shower immediately. Yeah. Next day, we went to this place. We took a day trip outside of the city to this place called Saint Sergius. Which is the oldest monastery in Russia. So that was pretty cool. Um, just like going out of the city a little bit. We went to this old dude's place on the way there. Like a traditional Russian home. He uh, he was making his own cherry wine. So we had some of that. I had two I was, shots of that. I was going to ask, who is this old dude? Like you just you just pull over to this, on the side of the road. You found some old dude and you just walked into his house? So kind of. <laughs> and the guy, old guy freaked out because he didn't know who we were. But then when our tour guide came, he goes, oh, I, I feel you. You got to come oh, in. Okay. It was we were the like, tour guide. What, what is this dude? What is this dude wilding out about? We were told to come in here. And this, wild dude, this old dude was like, hey, who are you? And, and what I do go, you want? Yeah, right? He's like, the, money, the money's over there. I'm out. I'm gone. Yeah, right? I'm too old for this. But uh, my friend who passed out the night before, she was like, I can't do another shot at 9 in the morning. So I took a shot, but it was fun. It was it was like it was like juice. It was like juicy <laughs> juice at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, juicy juice. The 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 immediate reversion back to to college sandy. College just sandy. The the hard Drinking. alcohol. The hard, the hard liquor alcohols. is just is just nothing now. This is just yeah, like stone apple cold juice and juice to him. Stone cold drunk podcast. At- <laughs> <laughs> this is episode one of the stone cold drunk podcast. But uh, but it was uh, it was good. No, the 
the monastery was really cool. It was really, like, well-designed. What was interesting was that, like, their priests had, like, let's just say there were, like, four or five levels of priests, right? Yeah. So you got grunt-level priests that are just, like, young dudes wearing just all black, right? And it's, like, slim-fit robes, small beard. Right. You got your jackal. I'm going Halo right now. I hope you, I hope you follow. <laughs> we got, we got jackal-level jackal. priests. I was like... <laughs> jackal-level priests have, like, flower, like, more flowy robes. Okay. And then, like, beard level two. Beard level two. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Are like, they allowed to grow out longer, or they're just they're just older? They're just older, and their beards have they're they're just more mature. Let's go with that. Okay. Let's go with that. And then, yeah, you keep going up and up, and then there's you're like the uh, your your profit level, right? And these dudes right. have like massive hats. They've got like Gandalf beards. It's like the High Sparrow. But with clothes, like, you know, shoes Yeah, high sparrow with, like, a legit beard, you know? Yeah. So they're all walking around. It's pretty It's pretty dope. And it was actually a functioning church. So people were, like, actually praying and whatnot. Yeah. <clears throat> it was real cool. So this, what what day was this? This, is this was day Tuesday? Two. Like, Tuesday? Mm, this was Monday. Monday, okay. Monday. Let me tell you what's not cool. Let me just get, let me get the not cool stuff out of the way right now. Go for Chinese tours are not cool. <laughs> All right, Chinese tours. We, I'm here to say first and foremost that we're looking bad out here as a unit. Okay, <laughs> so, we got these tour buses, and it's just like these Chinese tours think it's Omaha Beach, and they gotta storm the beach when these doors open. <laughs> so, the, so the door opens to the tour bus, and these guys are just running out. <laughs> and then they're establishing the beachhead. They're using their selfie sticks as M1 rifles. And they're just snapping photos. These old women are like posing in front of like these like these places. Like they've all got like like they they're posing like they're nineteen years old. I like the visual the visual poses you that I'm right getting now? from you right now. Yeah. yeah, they're posing like they're nineteen years old, and I'm like, you you don't look like you used to. You can't you can't be doing that no more. You gotta you gotta stand there like, <laughs> like an old lady because you're an old lady. Mm. And then like they all like doing these jumping photos. Yeah. So there'll be like 20 people jumping at once, but then you know that that one fat person can't get no air. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole picture's ruined. Like, it's bad, man. And you'll be like walking through these things. It's like real tight. And like, you know, like we grew up in a way where like, yeah, I got to respect your space, right? Right, right. They grew up in a way where there's a billion people. There's no space to be respected. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to get in your space, you know? Like they're going to they're gonna get in, get in your grill and... I know, I done near lost my shit a couple of times. Really? Yeah, you because they'll like, be like they'll be like like weasel like you're in the front taking photos and they'll like try to like weave uh, right in right in front of you. Would you say anything to them? I why well, I did a few times. Okay. I was like you better step off real quick cuz I'm right here. And you'd say it in Mandarin. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Cuz me 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 thugging in English does not no good. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably be cursing under my breath in English. I I'd probably like call them out and then and then just start cursing under my breath in English. I feel like this is how it goes in America, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We totally did that. Totally did that. Um, and that was through the entire trip. Like, there was just a ton of Chinese people everywhere. So you just had to know, like, they got no shame about, like, oh, you taking a photo? Oh, that's cool. Let me just walk right in front of your photo and yeah. then take my photo. Like, there was, there was no shame about their game. Did you and... see the post on Reddit the other day about uh, Chinese tourists? 
uh, remind me? I, I I can't remember if it was like a today I learned or if it was part of that thread or the video where they where this um this old man this older this older Chinese guy he's like at some museum for clocks and he's touching this really delicate clock and this clock ends up falling and breaks and the title of the post they call it like a priceless clock and then like the article that like that's um <laughs> that's like in the comment section or something says the repair is gonna be like five to ten thousand dollars. But like oh he, he, he like immediately fessed up about it. And I can't remember if it was somebody in that particular thread or if there was a separate thread that was probably inspired by this one, but they were talking about how the Chinese government has to like make these, I guess, general announcements to people that are traveling because, uh, a lot of Chinese tourists give the, or have a pretty bad reputation. And so that oh, it's yeah, not dude. a good look for the, for the country as a whole. Let me tell you how, how bad of a look it is in front of the Louvre in Paris. They got a sign that says, you can't shit in public. And the only <laughs> language they got that in is Mandarin. All right. So you know, you know my team. My team got a got a technical, all right? Wow. When, when they lend their kids shit in the pools outside the, the museum. You know, like that's just because we got water out here does not mean I need you to squat and drop. That's, that's funny. That's funny that it's only in Mandarin too. Right. Because everyone else has evolved, you know, and we got we got Charmander over here dropping deuces everywhere he goes. You feel <laughs> me? Like that? Like like how we going how we gonna let people leave the country like this? You know? Yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, what what do we do next? Like, you know, it's been, it's it's almost been like everything's been a blur at this point. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, oh, we ended up having to go to St. Petersburg. So that was actually a really cool experience because we took the bullet train and it's super secure, super legit, super comfortable, super smooth. It's a four hour ride north from Moscow to St. Petersburg and like we booked the tickets beforehand. We had all of our seats. Okay. So they this had, is all like, planned. These, right. They had like these train attendants come through with like food and like there's bathrooms and it's like it's real nice AC, all that good stuff. And then we, our Airbnb was like in the center of town, so we hit we hit St. Petersburg hard that day. Like we saw uh, Christ, like Church of the Spilled Blood, which was like a block away. We went to the Fabergé Museum, which is really cool. So we saw these like really fancy eggs and all that. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw them those pictures. Yeah. Now let me tell you what's crazy when you're that far up. Sorry, I'm trying desperately not to cough right now. You're fine. The sun sets at 10:45 p.m. That's sunset. Really? Sunset's at 10.45 p.m. So you know at 10.45 p.m. It's not dark yet. Right, Because that's just right. the sun setting. It's 11.30. It's like dusk. You know, like, the, like, like that, that bluish color in the sky? Yeah. Sun rises 3.30 in the morning. Wow. So... I'm a, I got to pull up a map right now to look up that, that latitude. I didn't, really, I didn't know that. It's high up. It's high up. Berlin was the same way. Berlin was a little bit, I mean, it wasn't as bad, but like 9 30, 10 o'clock, still light yeah. out. Sun rose at like 4 45. It's crazy, dude. It's almost too much. Yeah. What's uh, the latitude yeah, sure. of uh, St. Petersburg? I it's I, I didn't actually look up the, 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 the coordinates of it, but it's uh -huh. about parallel with the the southern tip of Greenland, maybe a few, like maybe like a hundred miles south of, of Iceland, 
So it's pre- it's it's pretty high up there. It's it's way further north than any U.S. state and and um, just about any place that any person would live in Canada. See so, what I mean? Like yeah, we out here wild right now. Yeah. So that's my that's Greenland, goal. I was gonna say I guess my Greenland reference wasn't 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 uh, effective enough. The Canada no. one works. No, the Canada one works for sure. But uh, what do we do next? Oh, uh, we went on this like massive tour of uh, the Hermitage Museum, which is like one of the biggest palaces. So St. Petersburg used to be like the palace, like the city of palaces, right? Right. So the czars had their palaces. And then if you were any sort of royal family or whatever, you had a palace in the city. Now, all those palaces are now municipal buildings, apartment buildings, whatever, whatever. But like every block is just another massive palace. One of the biggest palaces along the water is the Hermitage Museum. And so we got to see some really, really cool pieces of art. It's one of the largest museums in the world. So it's like you have the Smithsonian in D.C. Right. You've got the Louvre in Paris. You've got the Cairo Museum in Egypt. And you've got the Hermitage in Russia. Like these like world-renowned top places. So gotcha. you basically spent almost an entire day in the Hermitage. Excuse me, which was incredible. One of the coolest museums that I've seen. And probably still um, a lot of times I actually look at everything and appreciate everything, right? They say that, I think my tour guide said, if you spend five minutes in front of every single like uh, piece, it would take yeah. you nine years. <laughs> nine years to see everything. That's a long time. That's... Uh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... We actually paid for this extra secret like uh, tour of the di- like this thing is called the Diamond Room and the Gold Room, and this is stuff from like ancient Rome and like ancient times when like Scythia was, was a place, and we're talking like holy shit like some of this golden diamond pieces that they still have is unreal, and they only allow like maybe fifty people a day to see it. Oh wow! So our t- I mean our tour guide followed us in there. And then we would have the Russian lady who was working in that room talk, and then our tour guide would translate. And then, like, it was crazy the kind of stuff that we saw. Like, we're talking, like, thousands and thousands of years ago. And then sort of the transformation of all these pieces as different people come to power. It was amazing. It was, it was an yeah. incredible day. It was an absolutely incredible day. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, all the cool things that we saw. It's funny. Like, you, you fly around the world... And you think you're like, oh, like, I totally just went on this vacation. I know everything. I got you. <clears throat> Sorry. The next day, we went to this place called Peterhof. Outside the city. And Peterhof was like a summer palace place outside the city. We went to this place called Catherine's Palace. And then we went to Peterhof, which was modeled after Versailles. Okay. So that was really cool. Like, all these gardens. It, uh, it looked into the Bay of Finland. And it was incredible, like, just being on the walk around. I mean, there was, like, a, a lot of gnats in the air, which kind of sucked. But they had a lot of trick fountains, like this guy, uh, the uh, the czar, whatever. He had the thing where, like, he had to walk around with all these girls and then get them, like, soaking wet and, like, ruin their makeup and stuff like that. And he had this place called the Pleasure Palace on the grounds. And our tour guide goes, you know what happened there? And I go, listen, if I'm the czar... This whole place is a pleasure palace. All right. Let's just be real for a minute. <laughs> Me and this tour guide, we, we hit it off pretty well. 
um, she was like, I think she was like 35, 36, she's got a kid, she goes, oh, if you want to, if you want a Russian girl, I'm right here, and I go, hey, listen, like, it was funny, because we started, like, we started, like, getting to know each other, and the two girls I was traveling with, they would fall asleep immediately in the car, so I'm just in the back, like, y'all got a lot of trust, y'all got a lot of trust just passing out in people's cars in Russia, I know, yeah, you know, you're gonna wake up and see Hostel 3, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean, Um, oh, god, but uh, she was cool. Like she was like, you know, I'm divorced, but you know, I've got two boyfriends right now. One's like purely physical. One's more emotional. Yeah, two at the same time. She goes, listen, I know what I want. All right, this one guy gives me all the physical things I need. This other guy gives me like maybe some more emotional stuff. But I can't get the physical stuff out of this guy that this other guy can give me. Is it because he's too old? Who it knows? I mean, but old. hey, she's only thirty-five if- years old. I wonder if they know about her or each other. I'm sorry. I asked and she said no. She goes, I'm smart enough <laughs> to know that Dana should never cross paths. Oh, uh, okay. And I was like, listen, like, where are all these, where are these hot Russian women, you know, that I keep hearing all about? She goes, you got to go to these bars. And I go, you got to come and be my wing woman then. You got to help me score some of these girls. And she's like, nah, because if I come, you're not going to pay attention to anyone else but me. And I go, oh, snap. <laughs> okay, she's working on them tips. But uh, no, it was fun. She was great. She, we had a lot of fun sort of like joking around and she was the kind of tour guide that you could like sort of be yourself and ask silly questions and yeah it so she's like, with you guys the whole time like how yeah. this work so she would pick us up with a driver and a man in the beginning in the morning okay. drive us someplace she would get out she would buy the tickets for us because we pay her up all in front she she picks up all the uh, the tickets and she walks us through all of the uh, the exhibits and uh just shows us everything so, so that was legit. Um, so we saw, yeah, that day we saw Catherine's Palace, Peterhof, places that I definitely recommend. Russia is cool because there's always there's usually deals to get out to Russia. It's like five, six hundred bucks. Usually it's over a thousand, but if you can get the five, six hundred bucks, and it's like a, it's a solid yeah, deal yeah, to, to, to check out. Um, the exchange rate is around sixty six, sixty seven, but the cost of living is real low out there. So your so your dollar does travel pretty far. Gotcha. So I would take that into consideration if you ever wanted to go. Yeah. Not a lot of black people though. <laughs> I will say that I didn't see too many black people. I don't think they have a problem with them though. Could be no? wrong, but I, I haven't heard I haven't heard that I haven't heard any uh you know any extreme racism in uh, okay. in Russia. I don't, I don't think it'd be any worse than going down south. Is what I'm saying. Oh, that's true. That's true. I mean, if you're gonna put it out there like that, then you're absolutely right. Yeah, and and just to throw that out there, I don't even think going down south is that bad. I think there's a certain lo- location that you might want to avoid. But right, like general, you're not gonna you know, you're, you're not gonna try and pick up gas in a small town, and like a like a one light town down south. Exactly, you got to plan for that. That's the thing. I would I would 100 percent plan for that. I would literally if I was doing a cross country road trip and I was cutting through the south, I would literally try to plan to make sure that I got gas every like two or three hundred miles in like a bigger city. Big city, massive city. See, we'd be like, I got you. I feel you. I feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happened to me once. My parents were uh, driving up from, I think it was Fort Lauderdale. Or, yeah, no. Fort Lauderdale, that's where we took our cruise. My dad drove up in one go 15 hours. Yeah. Back home. And we stopped in this, like, one, like, this tiny, tiny town. And in we, Florida or, like, Georgia, maybe? I think it was, like, Georgia. 
Okay. South Carolina, one of those one of those top places. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we stopped into the it's a gas station and a restaurant right next door. And we walked into the restaurant, and the entire place turned around and looked at us. Really? And we're like, oh, slowly <laughs> back out. Like, don't make don't make no eye contact with nobody. You're like, oh, we're, we'll just be leaving now. Yeah. And then you hear, like, the door click behind you. It's like, where are you guys going? I'm like, oh, Jesus. We're in the main course. All y'all are cannibals. I know it. I know, I know how this movie ends. <laughs> um, my friend actually got us tickets to... Uh, see a ballet at the Bolshoi Theater, which is like one of the two most famous uh, theaters. It's the Bolshoi and the Marinsky. Believe it or not, I've heard of it. How did I've you only hear heard it? it? I've only heard of it. I don't know. I have no idea. The name sounds familiar. No, I'm oh, telling you. Oh, shit. Man, got class. No, no. I've only just heard of it. I don't know anything about it. But here's the thing. We show up to the main Bolshoi Theater, show them the tickets, and they go, nah, you gotta go around. And I go, what? He goes, no, no, it's a different exit. I mean, different entrance. Like, okay, okay. Go around the corner of the building, main, front, front entrance. Show it to him, nine, I gotta go around, gotta go around. <laughs> Start going through all these entrances, like, uh, this full, one guy finally goes, dude, wrong building, around the street. And we're like, wow. I go, what? what? You kidding me? Turns out there's a side building that is like, I had another big theater. And then walked in there, and I was like, okay, this is where we're supposed to be. People are still kind of dressed up, but definitely not as dressed up as that main building. You know, like those people, they look like they had some money. Those look like they were right on, you know, that oil money. You know what I mean? <laughs> I see. And it's like, no, wrong building. Yeah. When they, when they say wrong building, I go, you got to be kidding me, man. And then my friend goes, this still counts, right? And I go, does it? Does it? <laughs> I didn't want to be rude, but I was like, does it count though? Like... I guess it's like Lincoln Center because there's three major theaters in Lincoln Center. And it all depends on what you're looking to listen to. So you have like dance, you got ballet, you got jazz. Like, So one theater isn't supposedly better than the other. But if you're telling me we're going to the Bolshoi and I see the Bolshoi in front of me. Yeah. And then this old guy actually puts his hands on your face and goes... Nah, buddy, you're looking this way. <laughs> this is where you're going. I go. Did he put his hands on your face? No, 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 no. But it's just sort of. Oh, you know, okay. Oh, man. That's like, you know what? I don't know if it counts. I don't know if I would have let him put my his hands on my face, though, so, man. You know? Yeah. I know he didn't really put his hands on your face, but I'm just I'm just caught up on this. He might as well have. Just, just, the, just the thought of a grown man. <laughs> putting his hands on another a stranger at that another grown man's face and yeah. turning him nah it's over there dude big, nah buddy listen you don't know how wrong you are but uh show was fantastic though show was absolutely fantastic it was beautiful gorgeous ballerinas incredibly tall incredibly graceful some of the best ballet I've ever seen still not sure if it counts just not sure if it counts. You know? well, I mean, what, did, what did your ticket say? I don't know. It said Taming of the Shrew and the Bolshoi, but clearly we ain't on the main then. stage. Not nah, counts. Um, last night, we get, uh, well, it's like two nights later, we get, uh, we go back to, to Moscow. 
and uh, it's like our final like full day in Moscow, or final two full days in Moscow, and I am sick as a dog, right? I've been, I've been coughing most of this trip. I don't know what I picked up. I don't know when I picked it up. I don't know what I picked up, but coughing most of this trip. Phlegm, mustard yellow. Like, you know, you know that sick phlegm. Gross. Yeah. And it's coughing like, like I'm spitting this stuff out almost every minute. Right? Wow, so, really? So there's like a lot of liquid in my lungs. And I'm not feeling good at night. I'm waking up cold sweats. And I'm like coughing myself awake at night. Yeah. That's when you know it's serious. Yeah. It's so serious. The last full day in Moscow, I couldn't go on the tours. I just had to opt out because I remember that night having the worst fever. Really? Like, I showered, crawled in the bed. My face is hot, hot, but I'm shivering under the the covers. Yep. And I'm coughing. Yep. I know now, that feeling. Yeah. Forcing yourself to go to bed. Two hours later, you wake up drenched in sweat. Go to the bathroom, shower off, warm up again, crawl to the other side of the bed, sleep, <laughs> wake up, drenched, rinse and repeat, wake up exhausted, fever dream, like, felt like I was going to die that night. And you're staying like an Airbnb, you're, you're staying in another person's bed, There's a hotel basically. now, there's not a real hotel. Oh, okay, okay. Thank God. That person was going to come back like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Why is there... Two imprints of a dead body in the bed I got to sleep in. They were getting real freaky in here. Just sweat. Just pure sweat. Everywhere. I mean, the the hotel staff must have been thinking that, too. Yeah, it was uh, <clears throat> not a good look. So at breakfast, I told my friends, like, whatever it is, y'all got to do the tour on your own. I'm not going to be here for that. Going back to bed. Slept all day. It's just still sweating. Trying to get this shit out of me. Just poor, like, not good sleep still? Not good sleep. Mm -hmm. But it was important for me to feel better because that night we were going to this restaurant called White Rabbit. Okay. So Chef's Table on uh, on Netflix, Netflix just came out. Season 2, I finished it. It's great. What they've been doing is the, the, the two sort of main lists of restaurants are like your Michelin star and then your San Pellegrino. And it looks like okay. Sam Pellegrino does a full 1 to 50, 51 to 100 list of the best restaurants in the world. White Rabbit is number 23 on that list. All right. So in honor of LeBron James, <laughs> we had to go to White Rabbit. Incredible meal, dude. Top floor of this building with like all these exposed windows. You can see all over Moscow. Seven-course meal. Started out with five. Excuse me, appetizer, so it was like 12 in all. Good pacing, incredible food. It's like traditional Russian food and cuisine, but modern preparation styles. Fancy caviar to start. We're eating like these like funny flowers. We're eating like these really awesome crab. Chicken liver. We're eating a like, bread that they made in-house. Like we're, I'm just going through all the photos like, yeah, I'm looking at the interior on Google right now. I'm looking at some some pictures. It's an amazing interior. Amazing interior, dude. Amazing, amazing interior. 
I wonder meal, how much meal took four rent. hours. Wow. We got in there at seven thirty. We didn't leave till eleven thirty. How long ago did you make your reservations to this restaurant? About a month. Okay. About a month. That's I not had bad. yeah I had concierge do it for us. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, dressed up like we suited up. It was legit, you know. Definitely the youngest table in there by like ten years though. <laughs> we tried to meet the chef, but the chef wasn't in that night. He was going to be in the next night, which uh, would have been really cool because he goes. He's always interested in like, you know, introducing people like into his his uh, his kitchen, talking to people and all that stuff. Because he's like he's becoming a celebrity. Like you have yeah. the best restaurant in Russia, right? Like that's a big deal. So it was a great meal. And then the next day, we flew out. We barely made our flight because there was massive construction everywhere in the city. And then there was a pileup somewhere. So we made it to the airport with like 30 minutes to spare. Just like Rio. Wow. Except we made it through customs and we made it to the gate with like 10 minutes to go. Like legitimately 10 minutes before boarding, we got there. And that's when I could finally breathe. On the flight, I watched The Martian. <laughs> You've seen it before, right? Oh, yeah. And it was just as good the second time. Yeah. And I forget what are the other movies I saw. Hmm. Huh. But it was really good, though. Overall, Russia, what will I remember from Russia? The food was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. They do a lot of, like, borscht, which is like this uh, beet soup. Much better when it's warm. Are you a fan of sour cream? Not so much. So they put sour cream in everything. Really? But what's interesting is when they get this soup and they put a dollop of sour cream in it, which thickens it up a little bit. Yeah. So I don't think you can actually taste the sour cream there. But it's definitely like sour cream's in almost everything. That's funny. Because the reason why I don't really like sour cream is I feel like it's almost tasteless. And I feel like it's just empty calories. It's like a waste of calories. That's why I don't uh, really like it. okay. I feel like it's sim- similar to like mayonnaise. It's just calories that i don't really need because it doesn't do anything for me i don't i don't taste it right but mayonnaise though mayonnaise is actually garbage because mayonnaise <laughs> does have a taste i don't i don't really taste it very much no mayonnaise 100 percent has a taste with for me like on on particular sandwiches i actually prefer them dry so the thing with mayonnaise is that it just screws it all up for me like this is wet i don't want to do you like do you like bologna sandwiches yeah but well, see, but see bologna sandwiches are much better with mayonnaise. Okay, okay, fine. You got me. You got me, Sandy. The right? one, the one thing in the world that I like mayonnaise on. All right, <laughs> bologna sandwich. I even prefer. I even prefer. My, I like my my tuna with no mayo. I don't mind it with a little bit of mayo, but when I make it myself, I don't put any mayo in it. Okay. Okay. Food phenomenal. They eat a lot of deer, like reindeer and elk and all that stuff. Okay, Um, makes sense. Really cool. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, overall, the food was phenomenal. They're proud people. Super proud people of their heritage and their history. They've seen a lot. They've been through a lot. One of the lasting things about the Russian culture is how proud they are of their veterans of of the Second World War. They should be. Should be, man. Because they called the Great Patriotic War, and it really made me emotional when you're at the Kremlin and you see like they have their Tomb of the Unknown Soldier there, and then they have these eleven massive marble monuments with the names of the cities that stood up to the Nazi war machine, and they're called the Eleven Hero Cities. Right. 
and I wish I felt good enough to go to the Great Patriotic War Museum, but there's this huge, like, inner dome area where, like, there's a Superman-looking sculpture, and it's just, like, one of their memorials to all who fell, and it's just, like, how solemn it is and how grand it is. It's incredible, and the thing about the Russian people is the Russians won World War II in Europe. They, they lost, what, 15 million people? The Nazis were banging on their front door. And they were saying that anyone who is anyone lost a family member in that war. So it's real for them. You know, the Nazis were 20 miles outside Moscow. You know, Stalingrad was seized for a year. You know, like, and the way the... I mean, you got to listen to Hardcore History, Dan Carlin, when he talks about Ghost of the Ost Front, just how brutal that war is. Like when the wave, when the Nazi wave crashes into Russia and the vengeance, the evil that they brought and then the hate that the Russians, through all those years of just hardship, washed back into Berlin. Like that is, that is a hate-filled war, right? They're saying that if you took just that front, the war between Russia and Germany, out of World War II and made it its own thing, it would still be the bloodiest war in human history. Wow. How crazy is that? So... Everywhere you see these like little uh, banners and flags of uh, I think it's like Saint Saint George's, and it's a uh, black. I think it's like maybe navy blue and orange, or maybe gray and orange, some some dark color and orange, and it's gunpowder and fire. I see. And everyone is super patriotic, and you got to appreciate that kind of stuff because, you know, in our country, in America, Veterans Day is just a day you get off. Memorial Day is a day of like barbecues and sales. Mm-hmm. But like, how many people know about World War Two? And it's and it's tough because like you grow up in World War Two, you think America won World War Two because they dropped the bombs and all that stuff, yada yada. And not to right. diminish what Americans did, but like America was relatively untouched in World War Two, so yeah. it's hard for you to feel that sort of innate. Yeah, very, it wasn't fought in your backyard. Right, like Nazis didn't burn down New York City, exactly, or Washington D.C. Right, like it or Philadelphia, you know. So they didn't lay waste to your country like they did to the Russians. So the Russians feel very proud of the fact. Like one of the craziest. Um, so Russia has like a ton of awesome memorials and sculptures and, and statues. One of them in uh, present day Volgograd, way back Stalingrad, is this woman. Her name is Victory, and she's looking behind her. She's got her arm outstretched, and she's got this massive sword. And she's leading the people in the battle. It's like on this massive hilltop. It's one of the largest statues in the world. In, uh, in Moscow, right in front of the Red Square, they have this General Zhukov, who was a grand marshal of uh, all Russian forces in World War II. It's him, full battle dress, on a massive horse, all the medals on his chest. And his arm is outstretched, and his horse is standing on the Nazi war emblem. Like, just, like, stopping Nazis at the gate. Like, 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 that kind of imagery is so powerful. You know, like, what do we have here? We got, like, that, that World War II museum, uh, that World War II memorial in D.C. That's just, right, like, yeah. the pillars. Like, it's different, you know? It's just yeah. different. It's just different that way. Yeah, I hear you. I completely hear you. It's, it's so different how we were, how, I mean, how we're taught in school. And, I mean, I guess, just like you pointed out, there was, you know, a, mainland or i guess mainland usa was not touched but the united states as a whole was was barely you know 
affected right. or impacted or hit by by foreign forces during World War Two, and throughout much much of America's history too. What was the last time? Like War of eighteen twelve. Yeah, I would say so. Um, but so it's it's just different how we're taught it because most people what we know about World War Two is what we're taught in high school, and unless you study up on your own, you watch the History Channel, read some books, or studied it in college, you tend to not get the non like patriotic view of it you don't get that you know nitty-gritty you know the details like that and and uh you know uh, everything that we see in our history books at least from what i remember is from the united states's view viewpoint right. and you don't really get the you know russia versus germany you don't get those types of you know those battles right like you like you're taught that like america joined the war december 8th 1941 yeah. And that was yeah. World War Two for America, but then you find out yeah. that wait a second, Germany invaded Poland September of nineteen thirty nine, and like all this stuff had been going on. Like for the two years before then, yep. Europe is engulfed in war. But then you can even go even further back and realize, oh, Japan landed in Manchuria in nineteen twenty nine, right? So so Japan's been fighting in China for sixteen for ten years. Before or twelve years, years before, yeah, yeah, before World War Two, twelve years before USA came right, in. Right, like it's like the amount of the amount of just nonsense that they got going on. It's just crazy, right? So it's just like it's a matter of perspective. It's a right. matter of winners rewrite history, but then it's like like well, what winning side were you on? Um, but I landed back in America. And it was funny though. No jet lag. Really? No jet lag there. No jet lag back. It was crazy. Nice. And then. Went to work. Two days later, flew out to Berlin. Berlin is one of the most awesome cities I've ever been to. Have you you've been there before? No. No, I went to Munich before. Oh, uh, okay. I went. I've been to Munich and Dachau. That was when I was studying abroad and did Oktoberfest. Mm -hmm. Dachau was crazy because we went into the actual Dachau concentration camp. Oh wow! And that was some dark stuff. Like, we went into the I ovens. I put that lightly, right? Yeah, right? We went into the place where, like, you would, like, take off your clothes. You go into a gas chamber. And you could just feel the weight of all the pain and suffering there. And it was very tangible. What's crazy is Dachau is, like, a very picturesque little town. But you sort of, like, walk through the woods we take a car ride through the woods, all of a sudden you get this massive concentration camp. So when yeah. regular Germans said they never knew about it, you can totally believe them. Right. Because there's no way the German army would have been like, oh, Bob the baker took a wrong turn and we're just going to let him see all this. You know what I mean? Like there's just no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but back to Berlin. We landed in Berlin early. Our Airbnb was right at Checkpoint Charlie. And it was real cool. It was a, it's a super clean city. And their uh, subways are super quick and efficient. What's interesting about theirs, they have a massive subway system. Broken up into zones, like A zone, B zone, C zone. Right. <clears throat> and these trains don't run really long routes. So there's like every, every five minutes you got a train coming. But what's smart about their trains is you got to press a button to open the door if you want to get on or off. So you, like, save okay. energy and all that stuff, right? Like Yeah, yeah. That was, stations, I think that's how it was in, in, 
Paris too. Oh, I bet. I bet. When I was there, yeah. And uh, distance between stations is like super short, so it's like nice. You always feel like you're on the move. Yeah. My colleague and I, we were like, All right. I, he goes, listen, like I'm not a big tourist kind of guy. I just want to relax. Don't mind seeing some stuff, but like at the end of the day, let's take it easy. I go, dude. I'm so sick. Just came back from Russia. Let's keep it chill. So we like created a Google Doc. We created a Google Map. We started putting all these pins. And it was great because we went to like the Brandenburg Gate, saw the Reichstag building, and that was just me sitting in front of it, like taking a picture, and be like, "Well, I saw it. I'm good. Don't need to go in." Russia <laughs> right, would have right. been like, "Oh, we're going in. I'm reading every right. plaque." Here, just like take out your phone, click, got it. Next. Yeah. So. That night we went, so that was crazy because uh, the first night we went to this place called, this restaurant called Tim Rao, which was the number 52 best restaurant. So here's the thing. The Russian restaurant, all in $120. Not too bad. Not In the grand scheme of things, it's not too bad. No, it's not bad at all. I would have expected it to be more. Tim Rao. Too much. Two sixty. Okay, that was I was gonna guess two fifty. Yeah, you right on the money, Bob Barker. You right, you right on the money. It was like one ninety, I think it was like one ninety nine euros plus like all this other like like the bottles of water that we got and whatever. What's interesting is third best restaurant in Germany, like number one restaurant in Berlin. It's a white dude's take on Asian food. So it's like wow. all these flavors are familiar, but then he'll throw like some hazelnut sauce or he'll do like just, just like a turn from a white person's perspective. So it's interesting, but I wasn't blown away by it. Almost strange to your tongue, I, exactly. I assume. And, and – Maybe I can appreciate I, – I think some people could appreciate it if it's not something that they eat all the time. But for someone like you, you, you know, you grew up in a, in a Chinese household. That's that's your food. Right. It's, right. Like, you, these you're are my expecting flavors. One what thing. are you doing? Yeah. It's like it's like going to McDonald's and, and getting a Big Mac and finding ketchup instead of Big Mac sauce or, or yeah. mustard instead of Big Mac sauce. So let me see if I can read this menu to you. So first one was Imperial Caviar with Yuzu. Actually, no, let's just do it this way. Let me see. Because uh, our Imperial Caviar is meringue and buttercream of Sprat, lettuce, green chili, skin and jelly of yuzu, sorets. So I was like, okay, you gave me these two little sliders with caviar. But it's like Western caviar. It's not even Eastern caviar. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. Then we have white asparagus, which is interesting. But then you have like white asparagus is an Asian thing. But then you throw in jalapeno jelly. Like Asians don't mess with jalapeno. You know what I mean? Like it's, a, it's a different yeah, yeah. spice family. So that was interesting. They gave us this hamachi, like this, uh, this, this grilled fish. Fish was incredible. But it came in this green sauce, which you call a jade sauce. It was a little too salty for my liking. Um, but then you also add capers. Asian people don't mess with capers. Mm. You know what I mean? Like capers are an Italian yeah. thing. Right. You give me prawns, which are great. 
But, but then you throw in smoked paprika. <laughs> I love how there's a butt with every dish. There's a butt with everything. You give me suckling pig, which was great. It was a pork shoulder. It was phenomenal. It was the best dish of the entire thing. You're giving me Berlin knuckle of pork, cream of Japanese mustard, young pickle ginger, dashi jelly. Like overall, really Asian flavors. But this Japanese mustard is very German. So this flavor is interesting. It's almost like fusion, but only because the chef is not Asian. I'm not saying that you need Asian people to make Asian food. Okay, but these are the flavors that I grew up with as a child. Yeah. And it's just interesting to see his interpretation of it. That's all. He had black pepper beef, which is, which is, which is pretty good. And then he gave us this, uh, this Thompson grape, like, uh, dessert, which is pretty good. Overall, 200, out 260 bucks. Definitely not as good as I thought it was going to be. Oh, for lunch, we had this thing. We went to this place called Dickie Wharton. It was a local lunch place. And I got the schnitzel, which is like, you know, fried pork, you know, thingamajig. He comes out with a plate. Russ, I have never seen a plate this big in my life. <laughs> and there's two pieces of schnitzel that are falling off the plate. That's how big it is. And he goes, I hope you're hungry. You must finish it. And I go, whoa, buddy. Listen. Your schnitzel is laying on top of a potato salad. Oh, man. No man in their right mind. <laughs> Should eat all this. This is. I a hope f- you're hungry. <laughs> this dish is meant for a family of four. <laughs> and I eat seventy five percent of it, Reza. Oh my god! Uh, I know, mean, I'm not terribly surprised. Like after that, after that fish that you ate in Brazil. Oh, that's true. That was for like a, that was for like a group of two or three. You went ham on that thing. Did we kill the entire thing? Yeah, we did. I think we did. Goddamn right, we did. We groan because we groan, Reza. We groan. My uh, my colleague, he did like some shopping the next day in Berlin. It was nice. Like supposedly Birkenstocks are back in in America. Birkenstock sandals are like one hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah. In Berlin, they're like sixty euro, so like a massively cheaper there. So we got a few of that. Um, we got breakfast at this really funny, like awesome place. It was like a super chill weekend, you know. Came back, we took a nap. Like, it was the way that you and I did Rio. You know, like, there's like, we're here for five days. We got five things we want to do. We'll see what day we want to do them. We'll wake up when we want to wake up. Get breakfast. Slowly make our way over. Go to the beach. You know, like, approach it in a way where you're on vacation. So you don't have to feel like you're, you're super rushed and whatever. Um... Yeah, and that was yesterday, and uh, this morning we woke up rather early. We got uh, some breakfast. Uh, we, we hopped on an easy jet. We landed in Edinburgh like four hours later. I mean, the flight only took two hours, but we were two like hours that. delayed. Yeah, so I am currently sitting in the Novotel in Edinburgh City Center. Um, it's nice, though, to, to see your face again and to sort of do a download <laughs> of this trip because I just feel like I've been flying all around the world. I don't even, like... I haven't played Uncharted 4, Reza. 
Like I, I miss, I miss home. You know, I miss, I miss. Well, when I did get back to New York City, I didn't realize how hot it got. Every day was like eighty something, humid, muggy. Like I don't know if I can walk to work anymore, Reza. I don't know. It's hot in those. It's hot in the morning, man. I don't know if I can just sweat that hard do you the guys, first thing in the morning. Do you guys have showers at the office? Or no, you said you had to the gym across the street, so that was one thing you were thinking of doing, right? Taking a shower at the gym? I mean, yeah, but I don't know how I feel about that. Cause gotcha. First thing I do in the morning is I like to shower. And then make breakfast yeah. and then go. But I, I don't know you. if I can like shower twice. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, um, so I know you had a ton of stuff going on, but so I also I also had a pretty busy past couple of weeks too. So Hit I figured, me up. Yeah, I figured I'll tell you about that. So, um, la- or I guess this week there was a a retreat. So as you know, my advisor he switched labs. He moved the lab over to St. Louis, right? Mm-hmm. And so every year at the center where he is, there are about fifteen researchers there. They basically have they invite all those PIs, the the the, uh, the primary investigators, and their students and the lab workers and everybody who's involved in the lab to a retreat. And this year they did it at this YMCA Trout Lodge, which was about two hours west of um, of St. Louis. I think it's a town a called what Lodge Trout Trout Lodge Trout. I yeah. said trap. I was like what? <laughs> I think it's in a town called Potosi, if I remember correctly, uh, in in Missouri. Okay. And so what you do is they basically, you know, we go out there for, I think it was three days, you know, uh, two days, three nights or something like that. No, three days, two nights. And you, you're out there. They basically have a few talks. So a few different speakers talk about their, their, their research. And then mm-hmm. several of the students or several other people would, would present a poster. And so that's one of the things that I had to do. So over the last few weeks, I've been working pretty hard to get this poster together. And, and this poster, you just basically, have a you're you're telling a story so the poster is like i don't know three feet by four feet something like that five yeah four feet by three feet and you have like your introduction then you have background and then you have you know the 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 actual data the results that you have and then you know your conclusion and where you're going on from here and to do that i've been working on this project for the last like year and a half to two years it's kind of a major component it's 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 a whole chapter of my phd thesis and I don't have like good looking figures and data yet for it. I've been working a lot on it, uh, you know, on and off over the last, you know, couple of years. But recently right. I haven't really touched this project in a while and I've, I've already recognized a few shortcomings or th- a few things that I really want to change in this project. So over the last couple of weeks, I was just grinding, trying to run a bunch of programs, analyze the data, get the right parameters, rerun the program because I didn't like the results. Um, right. I should say that, you know, I, when I say I don't like the results, it's not like I'm just changing the data. What I'm doing is I'm creating this program to, to, um, it, it's like a simulation. It's a, pro, it's a program that I'm going to run to predict new results in different systems. Just kind of making it a very general term, general, general terms. Gotcha. Yep. And yep. so the parameters have to be adjusted in order to fit your system correctly so that you get the most true positives and you don't get a bunch of false positives or false negatives. You want, you know, a hundred percent right data or as close to a hundred percent as possible. And yep. so that's what I've been working on. And 
you had, I, I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast, but it was a bit of an ordeal. It was a bit of annoyance to figure out how we were going to get there because in Delaware, there are about, uh, I think eight of us, seven or eight of us here now. And my advisor invited all of us to come out there back in like January or February. And I think we had to let him know what, if we were definitely coming by say April. And so by that time, there were five of us that were definitely coming and the cheapest option was to drive. And, you know, after a whole bunch of events, it ended up turning out that flying was going to be just about the same as driving in terms of costs. So one person from another lab here at, at, at UD, he was going to be doing a, a, um, a one month rotation out in uh, St. Louis in my advisor's lab. And so my advisor had invited him to this retreat. So he was going to drive because he was going to be there for the full month. And so in order to cut the cost down, so I, de I decided to volunteer to drive out with him and then fly back home. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, we did that. So on, on Monday, you know, I, I was able to, well, I actually didn't get my poster printed on time. I was trying to get it printed. Uh -oh. on, I was trying to get it printed by Saturday last week, last Saturday. And the, and I was leaving Monday, Monday, like morning. And when I tried to, uh, and, and one of my friends in the lab, he was also printing his poster around the same time because he was busy, he's been busy working on a ton of different stuff himself. So when he finally got his done, it was Saturday. We were both ready to print. He's like, right, I'll just print it for you. I was coming down to campus later that day anyway. Um, or I was coming down to campus on Sunday. He was going to print it for me, I think on Sunday instead of Saturday, actually. And Monday is Memorial Day. So the, there are several places, there are a few places to print it on campus, but graduation was last, was this week, last week, whatever week it was. It doesn't matter. Oh. The university is almost closed nowadays. So, you know, you can print at the library, you can print in the computer lab. And the computer lab is the, like, one of the only buildings open at this point on campus. Yeah. And so to print, you need a, uh, you, you have your student ID card, right? And you use your student ID card to like swipe into lunch and stuff like that. But they also have this uh, like special type of account called flex. I don't actually know what it stands for, but flex is basically something where parents will deposit money onto students' cards, onto their kids' cards. And so they can print stuff. They, uh, you can do tons of stuff with it. So you can eat at the dining halls. You gotcha, can, you can buy meals gotcha. at the dining halls. You can buy meals at the student center. So like at, at like, uh, there's like a Dunkin' Donuts there. So you can buy coffee or whatever. So you can do a lot with, with flex, but you just can't like go spend the money at various stores, like a liquor store on campus. Right. So it's a mm -hmm. relatively safe way. But yeah, one of the things that you do with it is, is print and to print these posters is about 25 to 30 bucks. Wow. Yeah. That's not cheap. Yeah, but if you try to do it at Kinko's, it's like 120 bucks, so it's very cheap. That's super <laughs> cheap. Oh my god. <laughs> so, um, so the to to deposit onto Flex, there are these machines around campus, typically in the student centers. But there was one in this building where the computer lab was when I was an undergrad. Right, this building mm -hmm. is called Smith Smith Hall, and so. I tell my friend, I'm like, yeah, you can just go over to Smith. You just put some money on the card. And then you, when you go downstairs, you, um, you put your USB drive into the computer, you go to Gmail or whatever, you download your document. And then you say you want to print it on this poster and you swipe your card and it charges you, um, you know, 25 bucks or whatever. And then it sure. gets prints and then, and then it prints. Well, turns out that the machine to deposit money onto your flex account doesn't exist in this building anymore. What? Yeah, so it they I don't know why they removed it, but it's not there anymore. 
they have one in the two student centers and they have one uh there are these apartment housings on uh like on a separate part of campus uh the the, the buildings are called the towers and there's a common there's a common area in between these two buildings there's like a pool you know pool table ping pong um yeah. as well as like you know computer lab and stuff and there's one of those machines there too every single one of these buildings are closed and now Uh-oh. now we're worried because we're like all right well how do you get the money on the card like they're closed today they're definitely closed on memorial day um now you can you can you can uh do a direct deposit online but that takes up to 24 hours he was able to do it uh he he did that and the money did process within i think like 5 hours so he oh, was that's not bad. yeah and and the computer lab thankfully was open on memorial day so he was able to print it and then he just brought it with him on his flight so he just stuck them both in a tube and clutch mode yeah so so you know very thankful for him to, for for doing that or very thankful to him for doing that and uh monday afternoon i i think right around noon i was picked up by this guy ryan and he uh he drove me you know he drove us to to st louis so the first day we drove about nine hours so the whole thing to go to st louis is 13 hours to get to the 13 lodge, hours yeah to get to the lodge it's 15 hours oh. total it's oh. it's just shy of a thousand miles it's like 995 miles so i mean i would have just driven a thousand miles so <laughs> so we uh so the first day it, it we're driving his car but he's actually used to driving like you know long distances so that was good and you know i know him we've met each other before but we don't you know i i, I only met him recently but he's a very cool dude so we spent the first nine hours just like talking the entire time um wow yeah we were just talking the whole time pretty much and we just talking about everything you know what do you say when you sit in a car with somebody that you don't really know very well you know he's a cool dude uh i know he's a cool dude i know he's very talkative he's very social but i don't know anything about his life you just you get to know about his life um so you 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 hit all the facts huh? we hit everything yeah um and and shortly after we drove (laughs) after we took off so there were a few a few like um interesting like i don't know um things things that happened on our trip so when we were, we had just gotten to Maryland, right? There's this rest area. And as we're approaching this rest area, there's a lot of cars that are slowing down and stopping because there's Uh-oh. an emergency vehicle on the side of the road, right? And as we're passing there, he goes, oh my God, it's a dog. And I'm like, wait, what? And I look out the window, I didn't see anything. But I see like, I see um, like an animal control person standing outside the car with one of those little like rods with a little, you know, loop on the end to catch the, catch the animals. Yeah. And so... He's like, dude, we got to go help. You want to go help? And I'm like, uh, sure. Why not? Yeah. So I've been like, uh, stay in the car. I've never, we got to make good time. I've never done anything like this. I, you know, when I see, when I see stuff like that, I'm like, oh, you know, there, there are people there. They they got it under control. There's a police officer there. They got it under control. They got this. But, uh, you know, figured why not? Right. So he pulls over and, um, and we like, we literally have to run back because we just passed it. So we run back. We like jump over the, the guardrail. And um, we like meet up with the with the police officer there, and the and the, and the police officer's like, "Oh, is it your dog?" He, he's like, "No, I just saw the dog. I just needed. I just wanted to make sure he's okay. You see if you guys need any help." The police officer's really cool, you know. He's like, "Oh yeah, you know he, the dog had actually run across the other side of ninety five, the other side of traffic. Oh wow! And he was he made it safely, but presumably what happened was that some was somebody stopped at the rest area, and the dog got out their car and ran out and was basically there. They didn't know whose dog it was. Nobody had come around to try to find it or anything that they had seen right. yet. But at that point, you know, we got in our car, continued on our way. And about 
So nine hours into the journey is the border of Indiana and Ohio. A little town called Richmond, <laughs> a little town called Richmond, Indiana. And so okay. we, we, he, you know, he's not, he's not a huge basketball fan, but he likes the games. He likes watching the games. So, uh, he, you know, we, we were actually listening to it on the satellite radio, but he was like, yeah, like you know, we were talking. He's like, yeah, I kind of, I, I really like to watch the game. Maybe we should take, maybe we should stop here. It, at this point, it's like, I guess nine thirty. Right. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Well, let's, you know, let's pull over, get some food, you know, right before halftime. And then we yeah. can just watch the game. So he went to a steak and shake, got dinner. They had pretty, you know, I, I've never Ooh, been to steak and shake before. I don't know about you. Steak and shake. Have you been? It's been a long time since I've been to Steak and Shake. That that makes my heart feel very full. <laughs> I was along with my I was stomach. surprised. We walk in there, and it's like they got all these four dollars. Like it's like meals under four dollars. It's basically it's <laughs> it's basically uh, and like when you go to like a McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's, it's basically any of those meals, but it's four dollars. Now when yeah. you go to like McDonald's, Burger King, you typically get those meals. And you, you get like the burger and the fries and the drink. And that's like, say, maybe six, seven bucks. This is just four dollars. So I just got a water. The dream. Yeah. I got a water to drink, got some fries and like a chicken sandwich. No, definitely no mayo. Just throw it out there. <sighs> mayo comes on it. I said no mayo. Oh. Um, <laughs> so we go back and watch the game. This is the, this is game seven of the, uh, the Thunder OKC and Golden State Warriors oh, game. Oh, no. To walk me through what happened in that game. I, I mean, it was. Uh, so we we I only physically saw I saw the second half so I didn't see the first half, um, but basically what happened was the OKC Thunder basically reverted to their their, their regular season selves. They had their ISO hero ball. Absolutely, exactly, one hundred percent. You know that. Um, they basically you have you have like this, this is the biggest problem. You have like the the Thunder were winning most of that game. But they didn't have a concrete lead. They weren't winning by like 20 or 30 points like they were in games three and four. So they right. were up by like, say, 15 points, maybe. maybe I think that was the highest that they ever had it. And what, That was in the third, right? Yeah, I think in the third. Say maybe 12 points, whatever it was. Um, you might have Clay Thompson or Steph Curry hit a three. And Westbrook would just take the ball and fly down the court, right? And he would go for a layup, but then miss the layup. And then that layup, because because what he would do was basically shoot the ball, say, four to five seconds into the shot clock, because he's so fast, right? He'll literally oh, yeah, fly down right. the court, literally right. fly down the court, put up a layup, and then miss. And what would happen is not like the entire offense wasn't even set already as as is. But then you also have the fact that his offense wasn't ready for him to take a bet, to take a shot, and so mm-hmm. de- the you know they weren't they weren't getting set on defense. So then you have Steph and Clay run down the court the other way, and one of them launches a three and it goes in. Right. So this was happening a lot in the fourth quarter, not not so much in the third. And that it, it's basically what happened in game and uh, game six too. Same thing. They were up. Yeah, but right. you had you had you had Ste- uh, uh, Clay hit I think seventeen points in a row, <laughs> something crazy like that. Jesus Christ! He, I remember, he that. I remember hand- reading about that. Yeah, he single handedly kept him in that game. So they could have had had everyone was cold except for for Clay. Had he not gone on that 
uh, that monstrous run, they probably would have lost the game. The lead probably would have gotten out of control just like it did in games three and four. And they they probably wouldn't be playing the Cavs right now. But basically... What an alternate history. Yeah. The hero ball. So at this point, the... Yeah. You know, after the three, the, the threes, the threes, the threes, the the uh, the Thunder basically find themselves uh, down like nine or something, really, really fast. Like it's it's so it's crazy how quickly it'll happen. You'll go from leading or barely leading to just being down twelve, just like that. And you had Kevin Durant then go say, you know what, hero ball. And I was like, I, I went on Twitter and I wrote to my friend, my friend Keith from from college, and I was like, this hero ball is killing me right now. And then immediately after, Kevin Durant just goes on a tear he puts up like set he he puts up like seven or eight points in a row right i remember reading about that just like launching threes and they just go in somehow you know and there's maybe like a minute or two left in the game and they were playing really solid defense and i think somebody like tipped the ball out of bounds so the golden state had to say like four seconds left on the on the shot clock to shoot Mm -hmm. and they inbound the ball ibaka ends up on curry who's like five feet beyond the three and basically trapped and he like pump fakes and and ibaka jumps and curry then jumps into him so he gets a three point you know gets a three point uh free throw attempts and Wow. Yeah, at that point it was over. I think it was wow. a four point game at that point. And had they been able to had they been able to convert or get the ball back, you know, they at least could have had a chance to make it a one possession game and that could have completely changed the dynamics. But at that point right. it's a seven point lead and at that point the, the Thunder was just kind of done. Gosh, gotcha. yeah, it's over funny, at that point. There was one funny point on the possession right before that too. So the Thunder need to get quick points, right? And so I think what happened, or maybe this was the game before, I can't remember right now, but they need to get quick points, and they're like swinging the ball. I think I think like Westbrook kind of drives in, draws his his defender as well some help. He like throws the ball out. Somebody swings the ball to the top of the key to Roberson or Robertson, and mm-hmm. he's about to shoot a three. And I think you had Draymond Green start to close out on him, and then he passes the ball and. That ends up, that ends up, uh, I think like after another pass, they make it like a two pointer, like they make a, you know, a layup, you know, late into the shot clock. And then there was a timeout called and Durant goes to Robertson and he starts yelling at him. Like, you gotta, I remember seeing that. You were wide open. Yeah. Wow. Breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible breakdown. I think that, I think that I, I was texting my brother. I think a huge factor to it was the fact that. The Thunder weren't like when they're when they're going on these fast breaks. I mean, just like they did in games two and three. I don't want to knock Westbrook because it worked for them in a few games. But when they go on these yeah. fast breaks yeah. and they miss layups, those layups tra- transition into negative points really fast. It's almost like a pick six, right? Like say kind of yeah. Say you're in the red zone and you're in, at the end of the second quarter and your your quarterback throws an interception and they and it runs it run they run it back for a touchdown. You've all of a sudden gone for a for a net negative fourteen, really. Yeah, because you so. you should have been you should have gotten seven points. Should have, but you didn't. You ended up giving seven points to the other team. That makes perfect sense. And a lot of times Westbrook should have been scoring two for them, and it ended up being that those points were turn, turning into negative two or negative three for them. And so the so, question is, do you think Kevin Durant comes back? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I mean. I feel like he and Westbrook are such good friends 
that I, I, I don't think he would leave Westbrook. I mean, I could be completely wrong. Mm. I, I, I'm not. You know what? Kevin Durant should join the Spurs. That's what a lot of people are saying. Look, <laughs> that's what a lot of people are saying, but I, I, I'm not sure how Kevin Durant would really fit with that team because he's kind of a, so they have, they have Aldridge who plays power forward, right? And I guess he can kind of play center. Then you have, you have Kawhi who's the small forward. So Durant would have to play power forward. They would have a kind of big team, but the interesting thing about that big team in quotes is that they're all pretty mobile. They're, they're all pretty quick. Yeah, I'd say so. So it's not like, it's not like you're putting, it's not like you're putting Roy Hibbert on the team who literally oh, doesn't God. make. It's funny watching Roy Hibbert play because he wouldn't make it down the court to set up on defense for like five seconds. You'd be like, watch Which this. Which is so unreal. You watch the shot clock. <laughs> you watch the shot clock and you'll see the entire, the, the entire team. Like the camera has already panned over and is at the half court set offense. Out of nowhere, and like... then he just jogs past the offense and he sets up and it'd be like, you know, 18, 17 seconds left in the shot clock. So that man, you know, but Durant, Durant, Kawhi and, 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 um, Aldridge, they're all pretty big guys. I mean, Durant's like, what, 6'10? Six, six, Aldridge is six, ten, probably six, eleven, similar, yeah. but Aldridge right. has a much, much bigger build, very muscular. And Kawhi's probably like 6'6. Six, six. Um, he's also very muscular, but he's also quick and very solid. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Um, there's, there's talk of him returning home to DC. There's also I would love to see him play with a real point guard like like uh John Wall. I think that would be that really would be interesting. Crazy. Because John Wall's a very capable shooter. He's very capable but he's also he's he's I feel like John Wall's mindset is not for him to take over the game. He's always trying to facilitate the best play possible. And I feel like he'd make the pass to Kevin Durant and a lot of times you mm. see when um OKC gets into hero ball mode. And this is what you yeah. saw several years ago when they were in the playoffs in the finals against the Heat when they lost. A lot of times you're, you're like, well, well, Kevin Durant's the best player on the team. Why is Westbrook taking these shots? Why is it that right. Westbrook has, why is it that Kevin Durant hasn't even made a shot attempt in the last three minutes when they're down, you know, five in the fourth quarter? Yeah, the Jimmy's few minutes to play. Cause, cause Westbrook will just take the ball. Like he's the one with the ball. And it was funny watching in game six. There are several players on the Thunder that just don't touch the ball. Like you have Adams, Ibaka, yep. and, and Robertson on the court that don't even get a chance to touch the ball. Touch the ball at your own risk. Yeah, and and I th I feel like that's why sometimes they'll pass up on shots because they'll be afraid. They're afraid to miss it, but they might be afraid to miss it because they haven't sh they haven't taken a shot in how many minutes now? Which like, makes perfect sense. Yeah, like the fact that they would be uh, off. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, it, it was, I, I really thought that the Thunder were going to win. I mean, they were up three to one. I thought there was a chance that they would win it in five. I thought when Yaron had texted us in the group chat, I don't know if you saw that message. Yaron had asked who I thought was going to win. And at first yeah. I said, I, I said Thunder and I was like, you know what? No, I think, I think Golden State's going to recover. I think they're going to win. Um, but this is like coming off of the games when Draymond Green had like a combined six points in two games. Well, he amassed all of his talent into fouling people. He he really did. He continued with it in Game Seven. He almost he almost um, destroyed Stephen Adams' shoulder in a very yeah. similar manner to what we saw Ke Kelly Olynyk do uh, last year to Kevin Love, and he got suspended yeah. for that. He got suspended for that the yeah. next uh, I think the next season at the beginning of this season, 
And so it's been interesting to see how Draymond, how the NBA really doesn't want to suspend him or any key players for that matter. And I can understand why, but it's interesting to see how that one player on the Cavs got suspended for, um, you know, almost it seemed inadvertently the way he was he was boxing out for the ball and he ended up uh, hitting um, what's his name? Bismack Biombo. He ended up hitting him right in the balls. Oh yeah, Biombo's my father. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was like, he was boxing him out for the rebound, and he kind of turned his body. His arm ended up hitting him there. Right. Meanwhile, you have Draymond Green literally kick Stephen Adams right in the in the balls, and it, it was yeah very hard. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Draymond Green is the reason why I don't like the Cavs. Like mean, just how dirty the, the, that guy the Warriors. Is. What I say? The you say Cavs? the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, you know I hear I mean. you. I hear you, man. It's um... that dude is a dirty player, dude, and we don't have. There's no room in the league for that kind of stuff. And then he'll. And then he was uh, complaining about the double foul that he got on Stephen Adams when you realize that, dude, you were trying to you were trying to rip yeah. the turkey leg off him. Right. You literally you got his arm, and I mean, I I saw that Stephen Adams kind of did hook him. But the fact that Draymond fell like he and, like, did, pulled him and then down. pulled him too, yeah, exactly. That I mean, I'm amazed that it didn't that it didn't break or, you know, dislocate Unreal, or anything like dude. that. So Unreal. And Steven Adams, like there was no retaliation, he just walked away, like Yeah. Ugh. But so that guy. So yeah, you know. I, I didn't get to Did see you ever it. make it to uh Trout Falls? Yeah, so that was that night, right? So so the next day we woke up at about eight. Um, we realized that we were ga- we're gaining an hour because we hadn't hit the time zone change yet. So we, we knew that we can sleep oh, okay. in a little bit longer. Okay. So the next day we woke up. We had we had a six hour drive ahead of us. And let me tell you, Sandy, this this drive I was pretty silent. I was pretty quiet. Like I just really wanted to be there. After you had nothing left to say to that dude. No, it wasn't even that. It you was just said everything <laughs> I said you everything wanted I to, to say. say. Yeah, I, I think what it was was just. Um, you know, I was ready for the drive that first day on Monday. I had, you know, mentally prepped for it. I had, you know, I, I enjoyed, I, I like car trips a lot, but the next day it was just, you know, getting in the car and ha- realizing that we still have six hours to go. You know, we still have a third of the journey left. Well, almost a third at least. So it was just, um, you know, it, 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 it was, um, it wasn't bad. We did it and we still made it in good time. But, you know, it was just kind of a long part. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, the, the drive sounds like it's a lot, even if you're if you even if you are close to somebody. Yeah. And you're going with a dude that you didn't really like know beforehand. Like props yeah. to you for being able to carry a conversation that first day. But it sounds <laughs> like you uh, you use up all your material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would have been like just sitting in the corner, like, fake sleeping. Just like never fell asleep. I never I never fell asleep in the car. I was really oh, tired. You know I, I was died. tired, though. I was tired that next morning. Like that, that morning, I just wasn't fully awake yet when we took off, and I never really got a chance to wake up fully after that. So, you know. Oh, okay. I hear you. I hear you. But um, so we made it there at two p.m., which is when we had to be there. You know, had a few talks, uh, did some poster sessions. The food was okay. I feel like the best food was the first night. They had this like fried fish. Don't know what type of fish it was, but it was seasoned very well. It was delicious. And then, and then everything after that just fell off. Like the next day. For lunch, we had burgers and like fries and, and hot dogs or whatever. It's, and it's, it's at like, this is what they do like a lot of summer camps here. So it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge, um, like, um, 
uh, property. Apparently, it's a it's what what did the guy say? A thousand acres or something crazy like that. Wow. He said that the lake that they had is like a hundred acres or fifteen acres. I don't remember how I don't remember how much they said. It's it's a lot of land that they it's have, a lot. and they have like a hundred different buildings. And then there's this main lodge where we were staying. It's like a hotel basically, and um they they feed everybody at this place so it's like cafeteria style food or like dining hall food stuff like that so it's right. not the greatest food in the world it'll get you by but you're not going to be like you know oh you're not going to be super excited for lunch or dinner every day um, sure but so i i met a, i met a lot of cool people and i presented my poster the second day so the first day they presented posters the first night um, they left the posters up afterward and people were able to still talk around and move around and stuff. But the second day they do a karaoke thing. And apparently the karaoke competition is very serious at these Danforth retreats. So I present my poster from, I think it was seven to eight 30 and like promptly at eight 30, it's like, all right, everybody, we got to put the posters down because we got to make room for the karaoke. There's like a stage at the front of the room and then everybody will kind of be in the, in the crowd, like watching where the posters are set up. So the disappointing thing is that posters that were from people's labs that were, that were doing similar work to mine or posters that I would have been interested in were yeah. up at the same time as mine. And when you're doing these posters, you, you literally have, walk to, away. yeah, you got to stand by it. People come by, they want to talk to you about it. They think your work's interesting. There's judges that come by. So you have to explain your work to them. So you can't, you literally can't like walk right around the room to check out other people's posters because you're responsible to be there at all times. And if you're not, it's just not a good look. Um, but great thing. I, I met a lot, I met a lot of cool people. Um, I got to talk to a few different people, uh, about potential experiments, potential collaborations, things that I should well, consider from the future. Networking. So, yeah. Yeah. It was great. And then we did the karaoke, Sandy. Now the karaoke, Woo! my advisor, I'm stoked for this. My advisor has been hyping up this karaoke for a while. Right. And he had, like we have at this at this retreat we have I think around fifteen people there, and okay. from from our lab, and like a hundred fifty people total. And so when we go up, he's like, "All right, we, we got to pick a song." So he's been emailing us a lot about this song. But I've been really oh, busy, no. so I never really looked into everything oh, the no. way I should have or the way I wanted to. And so I think somebody had had suggested YMCA because we're going to be at the YMCA lodge. Why not? So we ended up doing the YMCA now at. Uh, um, at three thirty on on the day of, so on Wednesday, we met in my room. So actually, right before right before this, I really wanted to like we had a three hours of free time. This is like the only time mm -hmm. that we had to like check out the activities that they had at this lodge. They had like you know volleyball, soccer. They had uh, a gun range and archery. They have zip lining. They have all sorts of stuff. Uh, we went canoeing for like the first hour and a half, and then after that, I played basketball for like half an hour to an hour. Then I literally ran back to take a shower to prepare for this, for this, uh, Jesus. for my poster like session. Like it's an actual class. Yeah. So we, they show up and they show up at our room. We start practicing the YMCA. So they pull up like this random video to like see the moves, learn the words. And like I said, there's like 15 of us. And, uh, you know, most of us are, are, most of the people in my lab are actually not from, not, they're not Americans. They're from like India. They're from China. Some one person oh, from no. Japan. Oh, and so, no. So, you know, we're practicing and everything. And then, uh, after, like later on, I'm in my room and one of the guys behind me is like practicing. He's trying to get the rhythm right. I, I debated with Lena. I, I texted her. I said, you know, he's, he's like learning the words behind me. And I kind of want to like take a video and upload it to like at least like Snapchat. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be up forever. It would just be a short thing. I didn't do it, but it was really funny. <laughs> you would have been a savage. 
You would have been a savage. Yeah, it's not to do him dirty like that. I would have, I would have, I would have D'Angelo Russell him, and I just didn't think that was appropriate. Yeah, you would have. You would have. So, (laughs) I um, we I I did the poster presentation that we go up, and so Uh for the first song, my advice was like, well, we got to go first because somebody else is going to want to do YMCA because it's it's uh, it's the obvious choice. Now, there was like fifty thousand songs for us to pick from. They had an insane library. Good. And so, we 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 picked YMCA. And we went up there and when we start walking up, someone was like, well, geez, how many people are going up right now in the, in the audience? It's like 15 of us, dude. And so we go up there and we're like, we're, we're like, you know, we're doing it. Um, and people were like, cry, were like feeling it too. They were like, you know, they were doing the Y, you know, the, the YMC. Yeah. yeah so, so they're moving around and stuff and, um, and we finish and then the next group goes up and the next group is two people. And then the next, Uh-oh. the next group after that is like one person. They're, they were representing their entire lab. And then the next person was like one person. And then the next person was, I think, uh, a, was the intern. So they have these REU. I think it's like, uh, I can't remember what REU stands for. Like research education undergrads. I don't know. Yeah. Stands for research experience for undergraduates. There we go. Okay. Um, So they, they, uh, I think they won last year is what I was told. And so these, these people had this coordinated very well. They choreographed everything. They have people who can sing. I don't know what it is. My, my advisor was saying he doesn't know what it is about like the odds, the statistics, but like they have these younger people. It's like 10 girls, 10 guys up there and had like two of the girls Wait, can sing people. very well. It's a lot of people, but they were very well choreographed. They did toxic. By Britney Spears. That is not obvious, an easy song to sing. Well, if that wasn't obvious, yeah. But they did really well. They killed it. And then, um, and then the next person who who went up, it was actually a guy that I had met the day before, and he's he's from this one lab, and he was basically saying that he's been in the finals the last like three or four years. He's basically LeBron James of the karaoke contest. He's won two of the last like four. And he was very upset that he didn't win the last couple of years. So he said he was going to step his game up this year. Now, what he does is basically go all out, like movement wise. He he doesn't like practice it. It doesn't seem he just knows the song and he'll like jump off the stage. He was like, you know, prancing around on the stage. He was dancing. And there were two other people on the stage with him, his advisor. And then I think another person in his lab who were just kind of like up there singing the song. And yeah. he is just like got the sunglasses. He's got everything going. So. When, when it comes to the judgment time, they say, okay, well, basically the, to, to make the finals, when you make the finals, you have to do another song. So our next right. song was the safety dance, which I don't know. And the safety dance, the safety That's dance. Funny. And, um, but they say that this is the hard, this was a hard choice. They said that th- for the first time, they're going to have four people in the finals instead of just two. Uh-oh. We didn't make the finals, Sandy. We didn't make the finals. I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy. Um, and so, um, so, uh, there, there are two, the two people that were solo that like sang songs, they, they made it to the finals cause they can sing really well. And, uh, the guy who was dancing around a lot, the one who's made, you know, the LeBron James of, of the karaoke, yeah. he made it. And then the interns made it. Um, the two girls who Rigged. did solos, they still killed their songs. And then what was the next song, what's that? What was the song after they did a toxic in I, the first round? Um, they did, uh, is it? I can't remember if it was. I'm. Uh, I'm a believer, maybe from, from Shrek. They did one of the songs from Shrek. I can't remember if it was. I'm a believer. I was. I was in and out of the room at this time, but it wasn't as good as the first. Like it wasn't as super. It wasn't as well choreographed, and 
they still they got second place, but they they end up losing to LeBron James. So uh <laughs> you would you would have made some money if you if you bet on that. Well, here's the thing though. My advisor comes up to us and he goes when when we were when we were not announced as making to the next round, he goes rigged. It's rigged. And, oh god. Uh, and uh <laughs> I was like, this is this is. I was like, this raid worse than the uh, than the, uh, the 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 Warriors versus the uh, the Thunder. You had, yeah. Yeah. You, you had Draymond Green kicking people left and right, but he was still allowed to keep playing. Yeah. So yeah. Conspiracy. Somebody call the cops. My advisor, because after the after the karaoke competition, then they just have freestyle karaoke. Anybody can go up there afterwards. So he goes. Oh, I would have totally gone. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign us up for safety dance after this to let them know what they were missing. But this is the thing, Sandy. We weren't prepared for safety dance. Nobody had actually practiced right. it. I don't know the words to safety dance. And some of these songs are actually covers. They're not the original songs or they're a remix. Oh, gotcha. So, so, um, we, so we go up there again as like the 15 of us. And one of the guys in my lap, he's like, I'm going to, he's like almost going to emulate what the guy who won did and mm-hmm. be, you know, be front center, do as much as he can to get us to win. Well, not too enthusiastic but more than what everyone else is doing the problem right. is that he was like i'm standing to the far right of the stage and the screen is to the left uh-huh. and so he's in the middle and he's standing like a step or two in front of us so i can't see the screen anymore so now oh, no no he's so he doing you dirty he's doing you dirty i'm sitting here trying to read the lyrics to like move at the same time and see the, to see the lyrics, but I can't see them. So all I can do is How just make up you look words. Up there? Oh, like a, on a scale from one to ten, I'm like, I'm easily like an eight or nine. Ooh. So that's 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 a good full quotient right there. Yeah. So I'm sitting there trying to like see what's going on. There's a microphone in front of us, and the first time we did, we sang, the microphone in front of us actually didn't work. Also, the first the time mic. the the first time we went up there. I jumped up on stage, like right in the middle, and I was like, "Wait, what am I doing? I'm gonna slide my way down, basically, <laughs> <laughs> literally, slide my way down to you the right." You were so ready to, to be in the middle. They're like, center. "Wait a second, I ain't, trying to, I ain't trying to be the main diva." Yeah, just move my way down because we had already like decided who was gonna be, you know, kind of the main people, which didn't happen at all. Gotcha. Um, I'm glad you had a good time, though. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. The next day, uh, so Thursday, we went back to St. Louis. I got to actually see the Danforth Center. And it's a very, oh, cool. it's an intimidating building, dude. Like, there's a lot of science going on there in this building. There's a lot of, a lot of, like, really big researchers, a lot of equipment, a lot of stuff that I couldn't even mm-hmm. hope to comprehend. Like, I could never understand or even hope to know all of what everyone's doing there. You'd literally be walking around almost like a storage bay, like, like these, like, uh, so there's like, they have these growth chambers, which are just basically these large rooms where they have you know, the temperatures and, and, and they, the, the humidity and whatever set to specific, um, you know, numbers or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and then randomly in this room, there'll be like a computer with like this, this camera and like this little like setup that these people have to like take pictures of their plants that they're due for some different type of experiment. One dude has like some million dollar piece of equipment in there. It's amazing. It was it wow. was it was amazing. But wow. I'm just like, wow. I don't know what's it's one too, oh too many things. Yeah, but it was a it was a very fascinating building. Um, That's good. It would be really cool to go out there and work there for some time. I, I would uh-huh. like to do it before I graduate. Maybe go out there near the end of my my dissertation writing process and just yeah, plant that seed early. You know. Yeah, 
yeah, because there are a lot of a lot of brilliant researchers there. So it'd be it'd be cool just to kind of be in the same building with them, run into them, talk with them, because I got to meet a lot of them already. So it's not like right. I'm going to it cold when I'm there. That's but legit though. They had just built this new wing in this building, and this wing is almost entirely empty now. It reminded me a lot of the offices in of of Ari Gold and Entourage because they have a lot of glass rooms. So you'll be walking by this lab, and it's all glass. So you can actually see in, inside of it, but it was right. entirely empty. So it was almost eerie. That it was just eerie. it was That's just empty. Creepy. Like, yeah, uh, but it's still really cool. It took us like an hour and a half to take a tour of the entire building. That's how big it is. Like it's it's way bigger than the building that I'm currently in. Oh, it sounds like it. Sounds like it's on a whole other class. Yeah, it is. So that's like one of those uh, like those Reddit videos where it's all like uh, comparing sizes of everything. Yeah. You keep pulling out, pulling out, and you're like, oh, you get to your building, you think it's the biggest thing. Yeah. And you realize it's like like a, like a fifth of this next larger <laughs> super building. Exactly. Wow. So, so we we didn't really have too much time to spend in St. Louis. I mean, we really got the tour, and then we had to leave. So hopped on our flight, got back, got back in town, and. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I should tell you. So I got back on Friday, and um, okay. I, I should tell you and our listeners that the first episode of Rise in Science, which is the radio show that I'm working on, is officially up. So nice. I, I did an interview with a former Famous. graduate or recent graduate from from the bioinformatics department at, at, at UD, and it went really well. I think so. I'm glad it's to hear online. That. The website's called UDRiseInScience.com. You can listen UD. to the podcast. I. Rise say that, in say that again. science. UDRiseInScience.com. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's it's, it's going like through the, the approval process at iTunes and Google Play, but I'm really excited for it. The next episode will be coming out. It, it airs every Tuesday morning from 8.30 to 9 a.m., but I anticipate we'll probably get a lot of listeners that just listen to it in podcast format. Okay. Um, it's only a half awesome. an hour. It literally can't be any longer than that because we only have a half-hour time slot. So it's a pretty, pretty easy listen and pretty short. Do you short. feel like your time on this podcast helped you prepare for that? A hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's just like the way that, you know, you know how to talk, how to, you know, uh, talk with enthusiasm, the way you need to speak into the microphone and, and like monitor the actual peaks of the voice, like you know, of your voice to make sure that it stays relatively consistent. Right. Um, as well as the editing process. So. I'm really excited for our next episode. We're going to be doing the next one, I think, in three weeks. Okay. So, got a plan for that. So, we we have awesome. basically have one every once a month for, you know, that's when I'll be on. This show mm-hmm. does air every week, so that we have different hosts every week. Well, that's good. It's good that you get some, like, legit radio time. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be famous. You're going to be so famous. <laughs> We'll see about that. Just just local radio for now, but the fact that it's accessible by anybody, you know, online. Right. But dude, it sounds like you and I have been just beasting and feasting. Yeah, it's good to it's 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 good for me at least. I'm back on my normal, right? So I'm I'm coming back to work and I can do whatever I want, uh, get my own research stuff done. I'm no longer working on that poster because that's that's done. Right. Oh, I didn't win the poster contest either. I felt like I was only judged by like two, like one or two of the judges. When I say I felt like I, I, I conclusively was only was only judged by by definitely one. Now, there was apparently one of the guys that I spoke to for like 15 minutes. Yeah. He apparently he he was apparently a judge, but he didn't have any like papers with him to actually score. Incognito judge. But 
I know there were other judges in the room and they never came by my, my poster. So I don't know if I didn't win the poster contest because I just didn't win the poster contest or if I just received oh, straight gotcha, up zeros gotcha, from other gotcha. people. But I mean, I, I saw one, I saw the scores that I got from one of the guy, one of the judges and, and he gave me straight fours out of five. So it was better than anybody else had on the sheet at the, or tied with the next best person on the sheet who was also in my lab. But I have no idea if other people were getting solid fives or if people were getting fives thrown in there too. But you know, I'll take the fours. I'll work on I'll work on things. I'll improve. Four solid score. I never thought I was going to win anyway because I had changed up my data and I had different numbers, you know, right. going in. And I also didn't. I wasn't particularly happy with my figures. Like some people have pretty completed, like have pretty solid, solid and completed work in their posters. And mine's just very preliminary data. So. So you're just saying that you're just happy to be there. I was happy to be there, and I I, I was glad. I, I was very happy with the feedback that I got. The fact that people were excited about what I was working on. They thought it was cool. Like, people weren't just like, you know, like I told you before a long time ago, there's the imposter syndrome, right? You feel like right, you right. don't really fit in. Like, you, you, you fake your way through. Even the project that you're working on might not really be up to par. But the fact that other people there were like, they thought it was cool they were interested in the work and people that aren't even working on my, like what I work on. So the fact that people don't even like, they're not really familiar with small RNAs or the computer side of things that they're stopping by and they want me to break things down for them. That was encouraging. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, I'm glad that, uh, you got all this amazing exposure to like all these other scientists out there. Yeah. Sounds like it was super worth a trip. Yeah, definitely. I'm jealous of you because you're at home right now and you're like, <laughs> you're back on it. I've got a week worth of meetings because we've got a big uh, discovery week where uh, I'll be meeting with a lot of people here and we're going to try and solve a really big problem in five days. So it's going to be jam-packed. I'm basically going to nice. be in meetings 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. local time every day. But the good news is it's going to be exciting uh, and then I'll be home on Saturday. Uh, and that's where okay. I, like, I haven't worked out in, like, three weeks, so I know that's been an issue. Like, I just feel super flabby and, like, weak. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get back to, like, cooking, you know, like, back to my normal routine and all that stuff. So, yeah, it'll be good. For sure. Um, the the not-so-secret mission that I am on in Edinburgh is to plant an American flag in the middle of the ping-pong table at FanDuel. <laughs> because I, I don't know if you know this, but I've been dominating ping-pong in FanDuel. Yeah. Um, it's just it's been a lot of fun playing against some really good players but I'm pretty sure I am the best at NY, at the New York City office <laughs> and a lot of people are saying they play a lot in uh, in Edinburgh I brought my paddle Reza I brought my you paddle, paddle. I, yeah so if I win we're playing the national anthem there Fact. you go there yeah. you go so that's I think we'll end it here yeah, the super super extended version or super extended podcast, version, right? but but you and I are just just checking in on you, you know. Um, it's been a minute, but uh, I think from here on out we will be back to our normal schedule. Yeah, literally half the half the length. This is almost two hours, so. Yeah, well, we we're giving the people what they want, you know. We're giving them people, giving them people stuff to zone out to while they work. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna check out here. I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.